In this manner, Jesus says, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Please be seated. There's a short list of things that are essential for a good marriage. Sacrificial love is essential. Truth is essential. Communication is essential. Respect and honor are essential. And so is forgiveness. If a husband and wife are going to experience a strong and healthy marriage, then forgiveness needs to be practiced by both spouses. And forgiveness is not only essential for a good marriage, but it's essential for any relationship involving sinners. If you're going to have good friendships or good relationships with your family members or good relationships at school or in your workplace, or if you want to have good relationships with the people in your church, then you need to practice and receive forgiveness. You need to grant it and you need to ask for it, and you need to receive it. What Jesus is teaching us in our reading of God's law this morning is that there's a connection between how forgiveness um, is practiced in our horizontal relationships with one another and how forgiveness is practiced in our vertical relationship with God. Of course, God is not a sinner, and so we never need to extend our forgiveness to God, but we do need God to uh, extend his forgiveness to us. And what Jesus is saying is that if we really understand how merciful God is in dealing with our sins, then we will want to be merciful to others as we deal with them and their sins. But that's a two-way street. Right? Because if you're not merciful in, in your willingness to extend forgiveness to others, then Jesus says that God will not be merciful in extending forgiveness to you. So Jesus teaches us to pray in a way that continually puts this concept before our own eyes, a way that continually reminds us of the reality of this correlation between the horizontal and the vertical. He says, when you pray... Ask your heavenly Father to forgive your sins in the same way that you forgive those that sin against you. Ask your heavenly Father to extend his forgiveness to you in the same way that you extend forgiveness to other people. So if you mercifully forgive those who confess their sins against you, then God will mercifully forgive you. And if you withhold forgiveness from those who confess their sins against you, then God will withhold his forgiveness from you. It's really not very difficult to understand. The correlation is really not a difficult one to understand. And when we do understand it, it's a strong motivation to be merciful to those who confess their sins to us. For how often don't we sin against God? How often aren't we crying out for God to have mercy on us? 
And how often don't we need to humble ourselves before Him, confessing our sins? Now, some Christians will ask, why must I come to God confessing my sins to Him? Didn't He forgive all of my sins, past, present, and future, when I first became a Christian? If, if all my sins are already forgiven, then why do I still need to practice confession? Well, this is an honest question, and it deserves an honest answer. Uh, for starters, we confess our sins on a daily basis because that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples to do, and we are his disciples. That's what Jesus is teaching in the reading of God's law this morning. You'll notice that this model prayer that Jesus is using as a teaching instrument to his disciples, you'll notice that this prayer is a daily prayer. This isn't a, once, a, a prayer that you say once. This isn't one you do occasionally. It's something Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray daily. And this is most evident by the fact that Jesus teaches us and them to pray for our daily bread, right? They're, they're, this is obviously a daily prayer. And along with praying for uh, our daily bread, Jesus says that we ought to ask forgiveness for our sins. So that's the first answer. And I think that is a completely sufficient answer all by itself. We can rest on that answer and say that settles it. We should, we should repetitively come to the throne of grace, confessing our sins, asking forgiveness, because that's what Jesus is teaching right here in Matthew 6. But let me add a little bit more depth to this answer. Because we sin daily, we confess daily. Jesus, Jesus is not encouraging us to to keep on repetitively confessing the sins that we've already confessed a month ago or a year ago or a decade ago. That's not the form of confession that he's, um, in, that he's impressing upon us here. The, when, when, when we look at what he actually says, Jesus says he uses the word debts, right? He doesn't actually say sins. He uses the word debts, which is in the plural, uh, Jesus says to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we ask for forgiveness for our debts because we never stop being debtors. We never stop incurring debt. But more than that, it's because Jesus wants us to relate to, uh, to, to our Father, to God, not as a judge, but as a father. Right? This is an important point, and I think many Christians miss this point when dealing with this topic. If, if you think of God only as a judge, then you are, in, in your estimation of God, you are either righteous or guilty in God's eyes. Right? That, that's, when you think of God as a judge, you're thinking that you are either righteous or guilty in God's eyes. You're either justified or not justified. You're not thinking in terms of pleasing and displeasing your heavenly father. You're only thinking in terms of the legal declaration of righteous or guilty. And as important as it is to recognize that God is indeed the judge who declares every person to be righteous or guilty, if that's the only way you relate to God, then you have too narrow a view of God and your Christianity is sadly deficient. Or should I say your relationship with God is sadly deficient. God is also our Father. 
And that's explicitly how Jesus tells us to address him when we come to him and pray for, uh, for forgiveness for our sins. T- today is Father's Day. And, and I think I'm on pretty safe ground to say that every father here today doesn't want his children to only relate to him as a judge. While it's true that we fathers do function as a judge at certain times within the capacity of our household, we don't want our children to see us only as a judge. And I think I'm on pretty safe ground to say that every father here today wants his children to know that he still loves them even when they do things that disappoint him or cause him to be displeased. And it's also true, uh, this is also true of our relationship with God, who is our father. A good father never stops loving his children, even though they will, there will be times and when his children will do things that displease him. And when this happens, the father wants his children to come to him and say, I messed up. I know you still love me. I'm not afraid that you're going to disown me. I don't think that I'm outside of your love and your fellowship, but I do want to acknowledge my sin to you. I want, uh, I want to be, I want to acknowledge my sin because I want to hear the expression of your forgiveness and your love for me because it's very important to me at this time. So if you sin as a Christian, as a child of God, then you should not fear condemnation from God because Romans 8.1 explicitly tells us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you should still feel pricked in your conscience. There's a difference between condemnation and and the the disappointment of of having failed uh, and sinned against God. Uh, You should still feel pricked in your conscience. You should not despair, but you should experience guilt uh, when you sin against God. And you should know that your sin has grieved your heavenly father. And that would be part of the guilt. And that's, that's why you ask for forgiveness. That's why you bring the guilt to the cross of Jesus Christ. Not because you think that you need to be justified all over again, but because you want to have the peace and joy of your relationship with your heavenly father restored. And you want, uh, you know, you, and you know that by acknowledging your sins, that that's an essential part of the restoration of that relationship. And so here we see Jesus bringing this whole concept full circle. As we desire to be uh, restored to a, a, a position of reconciliation with our Father, we have an obligation, in fact, a duty, to extend that same privilege to those who seek our forgiveness through confession. And just as the Lord pours out his mercy upon us, we have an obligation to pour out our mercy upon others. And if we are unwilling to do that, then we stand in, a, in a, a, a dangerous position where by withholding forgiveness for somebody who seeks it from us, God threatens to withhold forgiveness from us. And so where the Holy Spirit has um, made you aware of your own sins in this regard, or where he has borne witness of your sins in any other regard, wherever sin exists, uh, the righteous, Christian, trusting, faith-filled response is to come to the Lord Jesus, come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking forgiveness, seeking restoration, seeking reconciliation, and knowing that God is uh, merciful, long-suffering, gracious, and he pardons and forgives all who truly repent 
while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ.